Blog Talk Radio. This is the Sound Health Radio Show, where we talk about the crossroads of the environment and our health with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And as we know, Sherry Edwards is working on the Sound Health Portal. I would suggest going to soundhealthportal.com, scrolling down just a bit, and click on the Watch How button. You'll see a short video explaining how to record and submit your first recording. Then go back to the Sound Health Portal, scroll down to Current Active Campaigns such as cellular inflammation, PTSD, TBI, or neuroplasticity, and choose one that is of interest to you. Click on that campaign and click the free voice analysis button, and the system will walk you through submitting your recordings. You'll receive an email and your report back usually in one to two hours. To hear and share replays of this show, about 20 to 30 minutes after you hear the outro music, go to talktomeguy.com. Scroll down that page, and you'll see the show at the top of the episodes page. There are also archives of hundreds of hours of shows available there as well. There's a microphone icon at the bottom right corner of all the show notes. If you'd like to leave me a message regarding a question for the guest or a suggestion for a guest or anything else, or just say hi, just click that, and you'll be able to record it right from your computer. With that... David Toman's journey with nootropic supplements began when he was diagnosed with adult ADD and PTSD. After years of buying self-help books, being passed over for promotions, suffering from depression and inability to focus, Ridland helped David turn his life and career around. But it didn't last. A few short years later, found David in the ER with a laundry list of symptoms. Neurologists tested him for early onset Alzheimer's and dementia, which came back negative. Not only was David struggling with focus again, but now he was dealing with complete memory loss, chronic fatigue, depression, and his business and marriage were in deep trouble. Fighting for his life, David again turned to nootropic supplements. With a methodically researched regime of supplements and lifestyle changes, he's able to not only recover, but get his brain working better than ever before. After experiencing firsthand what nootropic supplements were capable of, David founded Nootropics expert.com wrote two books secrets of the optimized brain and head first all with the intent of helping others achieve that same transformative success that he had through his website newsletter and books david presents leading edge neuroscience in an easily digestible and engaging way that cuts through the marketing and scientific jargon that so often surrounds the supplement industry david joins us to talk about his latest book Head First, The Complete Guide to Healing and Optimizing Your Brain with Nootropic Supplements. Welcome, David. Hello, Richard. I have to say right out of the gate that this is, Head First is an amazing gathering of information. I want to warn people right now, it's going to scare you because it's 561 pages. <laughs> and you're going to go, oh my God, I have to know all this? Don't worry. David is incredibly generous with extensive nootropics glossary as well as research references. And then you can just you can look things up like an old friend paracetam or probiotics or you know that you can just look things up. And it's really it's an amazing resource. And I have to say that it reminds me a lot of the old days. This will date me. There was a book made by Earl Mandel called The Vitamin Bible. And it was a go-to reference. My book is old enough that it was a 1982 hardback original. That's how old I am. And it was a great reference. I had an herb store on our national mailer catalog, and I'd have it on the shelf, and I'd be able to like flip to a page and hand it to somebody and say, here, read this paragraph. And I feel your book is very much in that same realm of 
when it comes out in hard form or PDF, I would put it on my shelf and refer to it and just pick it up. Now we can do that online, which is amazing. I love that part. Mm. So I really have to give you great kudos for that. And your ability to express things in a way that are very clear and understandable. Yes, it's a very technical world. However, you do a really great job of translating that out of the jargony realms. Because I hang out with nerds who talk about nootropics. But it's very nerdy. It's very, <laughs> you know, oh, man. And you do a really great job of making it approachable so people could actually get headfirst, look up some things they want to know, and start their journey into, I'll call it cognitive enhancement. So thank mm-hmm. you for all of that. It had to be done. It, because and you, you were the guy. You, you mentioned the vitamin Bible. The only uh, uh, book that I recall that's anything like Head First is Smart Drugs 2. That was published, oh, yeah. in, 19, published in 1992. It was yep. written by Ward Dean, John Morgenthaler, and Stephen Folks. Yep. And nothing since then. Yeah. And isn't so when weird? I was trying isn't to... that amazing? Excuse me, I just have to say because I know Steve Folks. <laughs> Steve Folks was the gentleman that turned me on to Pacitam. Yeah. So it's like just... amazing. Congratulations. <sighs> Thank you. But there was there was a uh, the world was hungry for it. It had to be because when I was trying to figure this stuff out, I was reading clinical studies on PubMed. Yikes. Because there were no websites. I mean, there were no books on this. There, I just, I, I had to, I, thousands and thousands of clinical studies to try to figure out how this stuff worked and figure out how I could get my things with my memory back and get rid of depression and control um, adult ADD and eventually get rid of PTSD symptoms. So, yeah, that's how, and I'm going, if I'm having such a difficult time figuring this stuff out, what is Richard doing, you know, yeah. or what's my, yeah. what's my, if my neighbor is dealing with anxiety or depression or whatever, and they want to try to deal with it naturally, where do they go? What do they do? And there was nothing there. And so I just started writing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I just started writing. It had to be done. That's really, it had to be. I just started writing and sharing what I had learned and I continue to do that to this day. That's- and you do it really well, I just have to say, because I'm not a writer, Thank you. Um, but I'm a talker. And mm. I just think it's a, such an admirable skill to be able to take information that is complicated and back to my herbal days. And I still talk about herbs now. I still consult with people about herbs. And you can get very nerdy and wordy, and you can see people's eyes rolling up in their head after this first description of what a stimulant is. It's not caffeine. It could be ginseng. It could be cayenne mm-hmm. or ginger or, you know, how things carry into the system. There's a lot of nerdy stuff in there, but it doesn't do people any good just to have nerds. I mean, it's fun to nerd out. <laughs> However, it doesn't really assist people. So that the, to have approachable information like head first, I think is now I have a book I can say, here, get this. You don't have to ask me all the time what acetylcholine is. I'm very excited by that. Yeah. It's, well, head first is more like a manual for your brain. Yes. You know, it's, it's not something that you would want to read cover to cover. I mean, it's just you couldn't. <laughs> no. I don't think. No. Um, no. But you can just look things up. And I have to go. I have to go back before we nerd out. I have to go back and ask you for the audience: How is a nootropic defined? What is a nootropic? Where'd the word come from? Actually, do you know? Doctor Cornelius Gurdjieff. Oh. He was a chemist that was from Romania. He was working with uh, Pavlov in Saint Petersburg. And they were working on something, I believe it was for motion sickness. It could have been, mm-hmm. it had to do with a cosmonaut program. So he started mucking around with GABA, a derivative of GABA, and he came up with paracetam. This is in 1962, I think. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that it didn't do very well with motion sickness, but it was a cognitive enhancer. It boosted people's cognition. It helped with their memory. It helped with anxiety. And he went, huh. So they made a drug out of it. 
And there have been uh, at least two or three dozen racetams that were invented since then by various pharmaceutical companies around the world that are based on that same core that paracetam was developed on or created huh. on. So it's just a, it's a derivative of paracetam, and all of the racetams are they're a derivative of GABA. Oh. And so in Visid, um in Russia and in that part of the world, it, take, it had taken off, and Dr. Gugea decided that he wanted to define this class of drugs. And he came up with the word nootropic, and it's based on the Greek new um, for the mind and trepan to bend, so to bend the mind. And then he, this was in 1973 that he came up with the word nootropic. And then he came up with, he wanted to define this class of substances. So a true nootropic enhances memory and the ability to learn. It assists brain function under disruptive conditions such as the lack of oxygen or electroconvulsive shock. It protects the brain from chemical and physical toxins, like things like um, anticholinergic drugs and barbiturates. It increases natural cognitive processes. It must be non-toxic to humans or stimulate or depress the brain. And so for something to be classed as a nootropic, it, it has to follow that, in my mind anyway. So when I see um, other you know, bloggers and journalists and, and people talk about things like Ritalin and Adderall and refer to them as nootropics, they're not. Yeah. I call them smart drugs. Yeah. yeah. A nootropic is something that you do not need a prescription to get. You can go to your local vitamin shop or um, Whole Foods or a health food store, and you can just buy the supplement and start using it. Um, smart drugs, on the other hand, anything that you need a prescription for is not a nootropic. Mm, that's really good. Thank you. I'm writing that down. I will use that with people. <laughs> Modafinil is not a nootropic. Stop that. Mm-mm. And according to his definition and the thing that I've stuck through over the years is it's not. It's a smart drug. Uh Uh And I'm going to jump here for a moment, and and boy, are people tired of me talking about this. We're going to talk about gut health. (laughs) (laughs) Because how can you not? I mean, it's only the center. We think the brain is the center. The brain is just staring things. The gut, I really feel, is the it. If we can't break it down, we can't do, we can't use, utilize it. So talk about that. You have a great article which I put in the show notes about psychobiotics at at uh, nootropicsexpert.com, and it's really good. It's really, you know, again, great writing. Thank you. Uh, talk to us about psychobiotics. Well, your gut is your second brain. Yeah. And, for example, about 95% of the serotonin and the same amount of uh, GABA is produced in your gut, not in your brain. Hmm. And the, so the nutrients that we get from food are, when we digest them, they're converted into whatever that our body uses, including our brain. But it all starts in our gut. And if so, if you've got problems with your your gut, um, your microbiome is messed up, or you've got a leaky gut. If you've got a leaky gut, you've got a leaky brain. If you have a leaky brain, you've got a leaky gut. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's the same mechanism of action that seals that. They're called tight junctions. And there's ways to heal that tight junction, by the way. Um, there's certain nootropic supplements that can help heal that a leaky gut and a leaky brain. But if your microbiome is messed up, there's nothing that you can do to really fix cognition or things like anxiety or depression until you take care of your microbiome. I'm going to pause there because I, that's a whole show right there. Yeah, so you'll be back soon because that's a whole conversation <laughs> about leaky gut, leaky brain. Uh, again, back to my herb store days, there were a lot of times when I was suggesting to people What's your diet like? And people hated that Mm. question in the 80s. Like, what do you mean, what's my diet? I'm a vegetarian. Oh, I'm sorry. Your hormones are a mess, aren't they? Um, But that's my belief system. 
it, so that's a whole long conversation, but it's so good to know that there are things that we can use that are nootropics that will benefit the gut. Let's yeah. start there. Let's get it being happy and healthy because it's in control of everything. You know, and the first thing when it comes to the gut, people think of probiotics, right? Yeah. And the, the problem is you've got over a thousand different species of beneficial bacteria in your gut. How do you know which ones need support? Yeah. Right? You go to the vitamin shop and you, you go to the probiotics section and you're looking at shelf after shelf of probiotics. And you, so how do you know what to choose? What I have found works better are prebiotics. Uh-huh. Because prebiotics are just food for its um, digestible fibers, food for your microbiome. And so when you use a prebiotic, you're providing your gut with the food that it needs and you let the built-in intelligence of your gut increase whatever needs increasing, whether it's a form of lactobacillus bacteria or bifidobacterium, uh, the different species of bacteria, and clinical studies back that up, shows that it really does work. The only time that I use a probiotic is when the doctor has me on antibiotics for some reason. Uh, a few uh-huh. months a few months ago, I ended up with cellulitis on one of my legs, and I went through three different bouts of antibiotics. And I hate antibiotics because it's like carpet bombing your gut, right? Yeah. Ooh, now, yeah. and so I used a probiotic and a prebiotic to help heal my microbiome from the assault of those antibiotics. But even then, clinical studies show that um, you know, probiotics are they don't really work to help recover from using antibiotics. Uh-huh. You know? I think it's, I, go ahead. It's just, we've got to let our system take care of that naturally, but it behooves us to you give it our gut the tools that it needs to do that. And that's a prebiotic. Mm-hmm. I think of prebiotics like nutrient, good nutrients for soil. It's like, you know, our guts are, like you say, they get nuked with an antibiotic and then people start taking probiotics. And yet, if you, it's the same thing in soil. If it doesn't have all the micronutrients, which I kind of think prebiotics are, micronutrients or mm-hmm. nutrition, once we have the foundation going, then it can help recover itself. Yeah. Again, it's, it, it moves into my next category of talking to you about adaptogens in the nootropics family. But I think it's uh-huh. that same... It's a, and again, this is why I like Head First so much. It really is foundational. You're not saying, here's the one miracle thing you do. No. Yeah, no, there's no such thing. Supplements. Yeah. There's no such thing as a one pill solution. Yeah. Now, we've been conditioned to believe that from childhood, and, yeah. but there isn't a one pill solution when it comes to repairing um, your brain or yeah. optimizing your brain. Yeah. You know, it's just you cannot do it with one capsule. Yeah. Of, and there's no one-size-fits-all. Stop that. Elastic and, only goes so far. <laughs> <laughs> what works for me what may not work for you for the, exactly the same symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Because our system is unique. Each and every one of us. Yeah. Even though we're <laughs> human, each yep. one of us is human. We're either male or female, but my system is completely, totally different from every other single person on the planet. Yeah. And so we've got a saying in, in the Tropics community, community called, uh, your mileage may vary. Yep. <laughs> so I can, recommend, I can recommend this to you for a specific thing, but the caveat is your mileage may vary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Lots of times I have down to the years, as I say, <laughs> excuse me, it's been more than a decade and possibly two since I saw Steve folks at meetings mm. in the early days, I used to, I belonged to a group called the smart life forum and it would be a monthly gathering. And Steve was one of the keynotes, you know, gentlemen who helped get that organization started. And so we talk mm-hmm. about nootropics and he'd mentioned it in that he was the gentleman that turned me on to paracetam. And I had such a positive experience. I was enthusiastically telling others and some people were taking it going, I don't get it. And it's <laughs> so true. You're, I wish I'd, I'd had the, your mileage may vary. Just because yeah. I'm having a positive experience, don't necessarily know that you're going to right away. Each one of us, it's like having our individual fingerprints. Mm-hmm. We're all individuals and everybody's a little different. So I'm going to be using your mileage may vary a lot now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, adapt- there are adaptogens in, uh, in the herbal language. Ad- an adaptogen would be something that's a long-term beneficial effect. 
in mm-hmm. sort of a traditional herbal speak. But there are adaptogens in nootropics, you know, everything from ashwagandha to ginkgo biloba. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about that area of long-term beneficial effect and yet may have some immediate, like ginkgo biloba, you may have some immediate like, oh, I do feel better the next day. Hmm. Well, I think the first, what, um, let's define what an adaptogen is. Thank you. Yeah. The word yep. adaptogen is derived from the Latin adaptare, which means to adjust or to adapt. And it was first used by the Soviet physician and scientist Nikolai Lazarov in 1947. And Lazarov was joined by Dr. Israel Breckham. And oh. as a team, they began a search for botanicals with adaptogenic qualities. So the definition of adaptogen includes metabolic regulators of a natural origin, which increase the ability of an organism to adapt to environmental factors and to avoid damage from such factors. Yeah. So it turns out that a lot of these metabolic regulators, they're, they're compounds that are found in certain plants that can help us, that can help the plants cope with, um, with growing in a stressful environment. I mean, I wouldn't want to be a plant. Oh. <laughs> it's just, it can be nasty out there 24-7 trying to grow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they need defenses. They need their own defenses. And it turns out that we as humans can benefit from some of those same, from those same, same benefits the plants experience, mm-hmm. which is, which is mm-hmm. really, really cool. I mean, That's our ancestors cool. figured this out 5,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes. Somebody, there was a guy, there was somebody out in a field, you know, when he wasn't being eaten by a dinosaur, who picked a root out of the earth, it was probably ginseng, and ripped it up and ate it and went, wow. Yeah. Because it was I vital felt, I feel I feel better and I can run faster. Yes, I can run from the dinosaurs faster now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So overall, adaptogens work by balancing the production of neurotransmitters, boosting brain cell signaling, improving cerebral blood flow, modulating brain waves, protecting from brain cell damage, eliminating heavy metals and toxins, promoting neuroplasticity, and upregulating BDNF and nerve growth factor. Uh-huh. So all adaptogens do one or two or three of those. Okay. And so, but we can use different adaptogens for different purposes. And people say, what's the best adaptogen for anxiety? Well, it depends. It depends on what's causing. It depends on what's causing your anxiety in the first place, right? Yeah. If it's a neuro, if it's a neurotransmitter dysfunction, then um, something like ashwagandha may work if it's related to GABA, because mm-hmm. ashwagandha kind of mimics mimics GABA and it enhances GABA and serotonin receptors in your brain. It helps regenerate axons and dendrites and synapses, so it helps with neuroplasticity. So, but that may not work for you if you haven't got a problem with GABA or a problem with faulty synapses or, or axons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if your issue is with acetylcholine, which is your major signaling neurotransmitter, then you would use one, use something like GoToCola. Because GoToCola is an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor. And what that means, each one of these neurotransmitters has got an enzyme that steps in it and gets rid of it after our system uses it. Right? So Mm -hmm. like for for dopamine, it's monoamine oxidase. Now, if you didn't have monoamine oxidase, dopamine and norepinephrine just keep on building up and building up and then kill you. Mm -hmm. So we need to get rid of it one way or another after we use it. Now, what we found is that if you inhibit that enzyme in certain instances, you force your body and brain to reuse the dopamine or the acetylcholine or the GABA that's already there, and you, so you end up using it more efficiently, which can be really, really effective for some people. I mean, a lot of the drugs that are prescribed for Alzheimer's patients because they haven't figured anything else out is they prescribe acetylcholinesterase inhibitors. Mm-hmm. And so when you inhibit acetylcholinesterase, you're forcing your brain to reuse the acetylcholine that's already there instead of getting rid of it. Mm. Right? So GoToCola is great at that. Um, 
and, and like ginseng is works completely differently. Um, it does boost GABA, but it also is a pretty potent way to increase blood circulation in your brain, um, which can be a life changer for some people because if you're if your um, blood circulation is not so hot, that means that the good stuff like oxygen and nutrients and water has a hard time getting into your brain, and the toxins have a hard time getting out of your brain. So if you increase cerebral circulation or blood circulation in your brain, it can have a profound effect for some people. I know it does for me. Uh-huh. Um, I use vinpocetine for that. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, And ginseng also seems to work for boosting um, energy, uh-huh. mental energy. Um, and I don't think anybody has really, you know, pinpoint, pointed exactly why that happens. It could be because it helps lower um, blood glucose levels. So it helps mm-hmm. control blood sugar. Um, when you control blood sugar, that could, you know, give you more energy. Um, you know, it's just oftentimes it's we're guessing on exactly what these things are doing in our system. Uh-huh. And um, do you? And I know, and I believe that in the book, I by the time I get through studying a person such as yourself. It's all a blur of like, have I heard it? Have I read it? Did I see it in the book? But there is panic ginseng and then there's American ginseng. And there yeah. are always differences in the herbal world talking about the two. I had done a lot of panic ginseng because I also used to formulate Chinese formulas for people and make decoctions, which is where you take an herb and you put it in a pot and cook it to a place where when people walk in the house, they go, what is that? Mm-hmm. Because it's highly concentrated. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole world of different kinds of effects from those two different kinds of ginsengs. One's American, one is Asian. Yeah, um, but the bottom line is they all produce ginsenicides, right? Okay. And so ginsenicides increase protein synthesis and the activity of neurotransmitters. It stimulates the formation of blood vessels. It improves blood um, circulation in your brain, which in turn can boost memory and cognitive processes. Um so ginseng kind of like acts as a stimulant um, mm-hmm. in, in some ways. I think the biggest difference that between American and Panax ginseng is the environment that American ginseng is grown in is more controlled. Mm-hmm. And it's more predictable what you're going to get. Um, and um, I don't think that agricultural practices in the Far East are as... Um, fine-tuned as what American agricultural practices are. Uh-huh. So it's it's more predictable of what you're getting as a supplement. But, yeah. you know, some some people prefer, they think American ginseng works better for them, and some people would think Panax ginseng works better for them. Uh-huh. So if ginseng is going to work for you in the first place, um, it helps to experiment. Mm-hmm. You know? And do you, there's an, there's an herb we used to use uh, for women called Don Kwai, Angelica something or other, I can't remember right now, but it's Don Kwai. And it was a, it was considered, specifically in Eastern thinking, that Don Kwai was the female Lakota ginseng equivalent for ginseng for women. Mm. Do you have a thought on that? Are you familiar with Don Kwai? I, it's I'm an esoteric question, I, but I can't help yeah, it. Yeah, I, I haven't done the research, honestly. Okay, okay. we'll get back to that. Um, and then... I want to ask about fungi, such as lion's mane. People don't, I don't think a lot of people, I know a lot of people take lion's mane. I don't think they even know it's a fungus. They think it's something else. But it's an amazing fungus. And it's, talk about lion's mane. I think it's a, a wonderful thing. Lion's mane mushroom is the most powerful way to boost nerve growth factor that I know of, that I've, been, that I've, been, mm-hmm. that I've found. And there was a study done in, I think it was Malaysia several years ago, and they took, I don't know, I think 24 male wisteria rats, could have been male or female, but anyway, wisteria rats back into the lab, and they anesthetized these rats, and then they crushed one of their hind gluteal nerves with with forceps, basically crippling the rat, right, so the rat couldn't walk. And then they gave the rats lion's mane-laced water Within two weeks, the rats were walking again. 
it helped wow. regrow their gluteal. Yeah, it helped regrow their gluteal nerve. Huh? So, um, <laughs> it's lion's mane is the most powerful way to boost nerve growth factor. Period. I mean, there's wow. a ton of there's probably 16 or 17 different supplements that you can use to increase brain-derived eutrophic factor, which is a nerve growth factor, but it's a different protein. Um, but for nerve growth factor specifically, it's lion's mane mushroom. Huh. Um, 1,000 milligrams twice a day for the rest of your life. And um, just for mic brain drop. repair. That's a mic drop right there. That's it right there. That's <laughs> going to be a quote I'll use someplace. Yeah, so, but you know, the thing is, though, you got to pick the right kind of mushroom, yeah. and you'll see. And I'm not going to name names, um, but there is a lot of so-called quote-unquote mushroom supplements that are labeled as mushroom supplements, and all they are is the mycelium, right? And they're useless. Yeah, because and now lion's mane is the exception to this, and we'll get to that in a minute. But all other nootropic mushrooms, and there's only seven of them that I've identified. Um, there are something like 14,000 species of mushrooms, mm-hmm. and 2,000 of them are edible. Right. And of those 2,000, 270 species have the potential therapeutic or preventative agents that ensure human health. But of those 270 medicinal mushrooms, only six of them are considered nootropics. Wow. Out of 14,000. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So, and lion's mane is one of them. But the, the benefit of these mushrooms come from the fruiting body. So when you look at a mushroom, you've got kind of like the head and then kind of like oh. the stem that it grows on. And if you if you've ever seen the way a mushroom grows, it just like a whole like it looks like hair type of strands going down into the substrate of whatever it's growing in. And so if you're commercially growing these mushrooms, and the, this mycelium combines with the grain that it's grown in, and then when you use that as a supplement, there's nothing there except for mostly grain. Uh-huh. Yeah. All of the poly, the beta glucans and the polysaccharides are in the fruiting body, and so it is difficult to find a true nootropic mushroom supplement. Look for on the label if it specifically says that it was made from the fruiting body, uh-huh. then it's genuine. If it doesn't say or it says mycelium, put it back on the shelf. Uh-huh. With the exception of lion's mane. Because <laughs> uh, lion's mane is both the mycelium and the fruiting body are. Um, uh, there's a thing called in in lion's mane called um, called 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 aracinines. E-R-I-N-A-C-I-N-E, aracinines. And so the fruiting body does not contain these aracinines, which is a compound that actually boosts nerve growth factor. In lion's mane, that actually is found in the mycelium. Huh. Yeah. So a, a good high-quality lion's mane supplement will include both the mycelium and the fruiting body. But when you're talking about um, when you're talking about um, cordyceps uh-huh. or shaga or mataki or oyster or rishi, um, you're looking for the, the fruiting body is the part that's got all the goodies in it. And each one of these six nootropic mushrooms has a different um, a different mechanism of action and different benefits. For example, shaga has been shown to be anti-tumor, anti-mutagenic, antiviral, anti-diabetic, antioxidant, and analgesic or for pain relief. It's an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor, which means that it boosts acetylcholine use in your brain for learning and memory. It's, it's a potent antioxidant, and it scavenges free radicals. Um, <laughs> so there's plenty of reasons to you choose 
chaga if you're dealing with any of those things. If you're dealing with cancer or you're dealing with some kind of a virus. Or, um, and then there is um, cordyceps. Cordyceps is um, made from, it's like a caterpillar. Oh, yeah. Right? It's a cal- yeah. caterpillar that um, <laughs> you're actually eating caterpillars. Right. Um, but the way cordyceps works, it boosts blood flow, but it also boosts ATP synthesis. Um, ATP is adenosine triphosphate that is that it produced in your mitochondria, which is your main energy supply. Your energy during the day comes from the manufacture of adenosine triphosphate or ATP in your mitochondria. So if you can do anything to boost ATP, you'll have more energy. Uh, cordyceps does that. So it's a natural kind of boosting energy. It's not like drinking a Red Bull or something or even a cup of coffee. It's just a nice, smooth boost in energy. It also increases the release of all of the catecholamines. Mm. And that those include dopamine, norepinephrine, epinephrine, and to a certain extent, serotonin. And it reduces oxidative stress. Um, Cordyceps first gained attention in 1993 when the world record-breaking performances of Chinese female athletes were attributed to a vigorous training and nutrition regimen that involved cordyceps supplementation. Hmm. And when they, when the authorities found that out, they tried to take the um, take the medals away from them, right? Because they were doping with cordyceps. Yeah. <laughs> Um, most so, of their lives, most of their lives, they were doping with cordyceps. <laughs> wow, crazy, you know. <laughs> um, and 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 then mataki, um, the mataki is it's got some it's used for cancer therapies, chronic fatigue, hepatitis, allergies, high blood pressure, cholesterol. Um, it helps some people. Um, it helps relieve depression in some people. Um, it. Studies show that the expression of AMPA receptors, which are glutamate receptors, are reduced in people in patients with depression. So an antagonists that sensitize AMPA receptors help prevent depression in some people. So if you're dealing with depression, you might want to try mataki mushrooms, mm-hmm. the fruiting body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really, so I really I want to have people get this again that lion's mane is really the exception to the rule of fruiting mm-hmm. body. Versus yeah. the other parts and the stuff that goes into the ri- typically rice, it's the only yep. one that's an exception. Everybody else wants to be fruiting bodies only. Correct. Okay. Thank you. And what of reishi? Reishi is quite lovely. I have some friends who grow reishi down in the Monterey Peninsula because they have a large piece of property and the trees fall and they put plugs in them and now they have trees with beautiful reishi glowing. And they're growing it mostly because it's beautiful. And it's like, no, wait. It, it, it is a really, it's a pretty mushroom. It's been yeah. used in Chinese medicine, in traditional Chinese medicine for over 2,000 years. Um, and in China, it's called Lingzi. Um, and in Japan, the name for um, the family, the Rishi family mushrooms, um, or Minataki, um, you use it for... Um, the benefits include blood sugar regulation. It's an antioxidant. It's antibacterial. It's antiviral, and it's anti-tumor. Um, some people use it for its anti-anxiety benefits and for chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, for example, there was um, it, it, uh, my Phi Luang University in Thailand recruited 50 volunteers suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome. Each were given reishi mushrooms, extract, or a placebo. And each person was asked to respond to a questionnaire um, about quality of life and their level of fatigue at 4, 8, and 12 weeks after the first dose. At the end of the study, those who used reishi mushroom extract reported a significant increase in quality of life compared to placebo with decreased fatigue. So the researchers concluded that G. lucidum extract, which is a scientific name for it, could be potentially effective in the treatment of fatigue and improved quality of life in chronic fatigue syndrome patients. 
Yeah. Um, it's also used for Alzheimer's. Oh, excellent. Um, and, and, and how do you, and, and with somebody with Alzheimer's, uh, no, actually, I have to back this up for a second. It goes back to, are, are the steps to a certain degree, you want to get your gut healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. And I have to back up. Then uh, concurrently, again, the audience is going to hate this, diet, um, you can't be living on drive through burgers and fries. You actually <laughs> have to eat a whole food, colorful High quality protein for me is like grass fed, grass finished beef or yeah. something like that. You need good fats, you need good foods. And mm-hmm. did you, were you that way from the get go or did you, was that part of your evolution of the That was part of my, ev- that was part of okay. my evolution. When I got really, really, really sick, gosh, this was, I keep on saying it was eight years ago. It's been probably about 10 years ago now. I ended up in the ER and, and I was diagnosed. I thought, my wife thought I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out that I was hypothyroid, severely hypothyroid all of a sudden wow. for some reason. Okay. And everything tanked. If you ever look at the symptoms for hypothyroidism, it's one page, two columns long. And I had about three quarters of those symptoms. Wow. <laughs> right. And so that that's a whole other radio broadcast about yep. how to recover I'm from making that. <laughs> but one of the things that I just instinctively knew to do is I had to clean up a diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had to get my thyroid hormones back on track so that my thyroid wasn't producing them. So I had to get them from somewhere. So I was using uh, the only thing that worked for me was natural desiccated thyroid. But I had to clean up my diet. And I, you know, you could get really complicated. I had to keep it simple. I just got rid of the white stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no white pasta. Try to eliminate as much sugar as I could. Uh, no white bread. Mm-hmm. Um, no white rice, mm-hmm. um, because all these things have been depleted of every single nutrient, right. and just um, use whole foods instead, and that made a profound difference. Yeah, just just eliminating the white stuff, and right. in in part of that was trying to avoid processed foods too. Uh-huh. I like to yeah. say, just shop the peripheries of the store. Don't go in the middle. Yeah. Everything in boxes and cans is tricky. Just walk around the edges. Yeah. <laughs> Just chop around the edges. And, and, and I have to say I'm surprised they didn't dump you into the um, Hashimoto's world, which is a whole – this will go into the show. We'll talk about hypothyroidism because hmm. there's so many people that get dumped into the Hashimoto's. It's like, yeah. a, it's like chronic fatigue or you know, any of these words that are like, you're labeled. This is what you have. And that's well, it's, good luck. Yeah, it's a different kind of hypothyroidism as caused by your antibodies go haywire. Right. But going back to Alzheimer's, the thing is, Thank Richard, you. that everybody has got the potential to get Alzheimer's. Now, some people mm-hmm. are more genetically predisposed to it, but we all have these beta amyloid plaques in our brain, and we all have these tau tangles in our brain that build up over the years. And some people that manifest into Alzheimer's or dementia, and some people go to the grave of never having um, that manifesting, right? But it helps everybody to try to, what happens is these beta amyloid proteins and tau tangles, they clump up and they block blood flow to specific areas of your brain. And when you block blood flow, things die. And that's what happens with Alzheimer's. So uh, it behooves us to prevent those amyloid beta plaques from clumping together and from the tau tangles getting out of control. And there are supplements that you can use to do that. The best one that I found is uh, curcumin. Wow. Okay. When I did my research on curcumin, when I I finally concluded when I was done researching it, that if I used a turmeric supplement that was 95% curcuminoids, 650 to 700 milligrams, three times a day for the rest of my life, I would never get Alzheimer's. Wow. And it's because curcumin attacks Alzheimer's from about six different angles. Um, It... It helps macrophages clear the amyloid plaques that are found in Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it has an anti-proliferative action on microglia. Um, the effect of curcumin on neuroglial cells involves decreased astrocyte proliferation, improved myelin genesis. Myelin is that protective coating around mm -hmm. axons. Um, that kind of like electrical tape around electrical wire. It helps with brain cell signaling. Um, and increased activity and differentiation of oligodendrocytes. And curcumin deals with activated microglia and reactive astrocytes around amyloid beta plaques in the brains of patients with Alzheimer's. Oh. Curcumin decreases the main chemical for inflammation in the transcription of inflammatory cytokines, the same type of chronic inflammation found in neurons of Alzheimer's disease. Oh. And there's several studies that show that curcumin inhibits the inflammation which is linked to Alzheimer's. Um, it binds to amyloid beta proteins and blocks its self-assembly. Mm, and studies, wow. show that, studies show that heavy metals can induce amyloid beta aggregation and toxicity and are concentrated in the Alzheimer's brain. Curcumin, by interaction with heavy metals like cadmium and lead, prevents neurotoxicity caused by these metals. And then finally, high-fat diets and increased blood cholesterol are linked to increased amyloid. Curcumin oh. inhibits cholesterol formation and decreases serum peroxides, benefiting the prevention of Alzheimer's. So when I finally got through researching all of this, yep, 750 milligrams of turmeric extract, 95% curcuminoids, three times a day for the rest of your life, you don't have to worry about Alzheimer's and dementia. And kind of like the proof of this, look at um, India and how often Alzheimer's occurs in India, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Compared to America, it's almost yeah. non-existent, not completely non-existent, but it's a much, much, much lower. Why? Because they yeah. eat curry. Yeah. Well, in the Pacific Rim cultures, this is the third show, Pacific Rim cultures use herbs and herb roots in their culinary world all of the time yeah every day it's not yep. it's not an exception it's not a special event it's like we're adding we're taking fresh turmeric scraping it off with a spoon chopping it up and throwing it into that stew we're adding ginger we're adding galangal we're adding all sorts of things just as a lifestyle yeah that has a profound I don't think effect I, I don't think i have a question there <laughs> it's just an observation. Of, we just don't have the culture of uh -uh. eating that way. No. So, well, some pockets, some pockets of our population do because mm -hmm. it's kind of like um, they brought that from the old country, so to speak. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, most Americans that are truly Americans just burger and fries, man. Yeah. Or pizza. Where's my steak? I like my steak. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that world. And I'm not opposed to a good steak. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we don't have the. Um, I happen to have uh, have a friend who grows really beautiful organic turmeric, and a mm -hmm. lot of times I will literally do just that. I'll just scrape it off, and I might steam it lightly just to get it soft enough, and make a slight mash of it, and use some grass-fed butter to flavor it, a little salt and pepper, and so mm -hmm. it is aside. And people are like, "What is that?" Mm -hmm. And I won't tell them until they've tasted it. And yeah. it's it's not what you think in terms of taste, and it's beautiful. It's got an amazing mm. color to it. It's quite vital. Yeah. The, the the only problem with turmeric and curcumin is that the bioavailability is really, really bad. Our yeah. system just has a really hard time digesting it. Uh -huh. So it helps to use your curcumin supplement or turmeric supplement with piperine. Ah, okay. Uh, black pepper extract. Studies show that combined using just like 10 milligrams, just a tiny amount of bioperine or piperine, uh, bioperine is just a patented form of piperine, um, increases the boost the bioavailability of curcumin by 2,000%. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's all about bioavailability. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can our body and, use it? But that's a third show. Uh, um, I don't know. I want to ask about your seven brain hacking principles or how we build a stack, but we only have about eight or nine minutes left, so we can't do all yeah. of that. Um, but let's talk about how people sort of begin. The, a, for me, I'm not, 
I don't have an affiliate thing here. I'm not getting a Vic for this. I'm just saying, get head first. Begin reading about it so that you have some ideas. And I'll I'll just ask this question because it's a thing that I'd like very much. Is is a supplement that's available called GabaCalm that's made by Source Naturals. And it's a Mm -hmm. sublingual. And I use it sometimes when I'm feeling anxious because I can just pop it in my mouth, let it dissolve, and within 15 or 20 minutes, I do notice a slight edge reduced. And I use it with other people who've gotten, you know, and it's that kind of thing where try something. Well, let me ask you about that. A, how do you feel about the GabaCalm and a sort of a random, we're not talking about, I mean, it is a nootropic, but just in terms of using it as an anti-anxiety on a need now kind of basis. And that leads us into talking more about other nootropics. Right. Well, if you've got a, if your anxiety or depression is caused by a dysfunction of GABA, then yeah, mm-hmm. it'll work. Okay. But if your problem is dopamine or your problem is serotonin or your problem is norepinephrine, it's not going to help. Okay. Right. Um, but a surprising amount of people. I was I was deficient in GABA, and I didn't even know it. Um, mm-hmm. I got a I got a book by. Um, Dr. Braverman called the Edge Effect, Ooh. and he's got a bunch. The chapters are kind of like each chapter is a questionnaire, and he walks you through a bunch of questions to find out whether you can to help isolate where your problem is. So I did this, and I said it finally ended up you're deficient in GABA. And I went, huh? <laughs> like I've been dealing with dopamine and acetylcholine for the last 15 years because of adult ADD. GABA never crossed my mind. Right. So I got a GABA supplement. I felt better. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just like right? that. <laughs> Just like, better. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, there's a number of ways that you can boost. Uh, you can you can use GABA or PharmaGABA. You can use synthetic GABA. You've got to use like 1,000 milligrams uh-huh. to get enough GABA. But PharmaGABA, which is made by a Japanese company, um, you can get away with like 250 or 300 milligrams. They grow it on lactobacillus, I think, Hilgardi bacteria. Lactobacillus something. Anyway, the result is the, the same form of GABA that you produce in your gut. Ah. So it's a natural form of GABA so that you can use a lot smaller amount. Um, but I do 250 or 300 milligrams of pharma GABA before I go to bed every night. Works great. Nice. Uh, other ways that you can attack, you can use L-glutamine um, during the day. Athletes like L-glutamine because it boosts nerve growth factor, but L-glutamine turns into glutamate, turns into GABA. Uh, yeah, so that's another way to increase GABA. Or you can use a, a supplement that is a GABA transaminase inhibitor, like lemon balm. Mm. Uh, lemon balm is really effective for some people. Uh-huh. Um, and how it works is it just inhibits GABA transaminase. So that GABA transaminase is that enzyme that gets rid of GABA after you use it, you know. So if you inhibit it, you're forced to reuse that GABA, and that can be really effective for some people. Mm-hmm. And lemon balm is a lovely plant to grow in the garden, quite hardy, yeah. and it's quite a delicious tea. I used to do, I I drink a lot of lemon balm because I like the flavor. Um, yeah, that's, but that's it's quite that's a nice tea. Certainly one way to get its benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I want to ask, we can't go that far because we don't have the time. However, you have this great chapter about seven brain hacking principles. Can you Mm. give us a sort of a rundown on some of those principles to get people an idea of, again, don't be afraid of the book. It's highly informative. David will help us guide us through it. But that's a really great chapter to start, I think, about the brain hacking principles. I'm trying to remember exactly um, what those principles were. Um, let me, as I recall, it's it, it, it's kind of like your approach to nootropics. Um, mm-hmm. The first, for, uh, one of the things is what are you trying to fix? Yeah. Right. It's. Um, people come to me all the time and say, what's the best nootropic stack for me? Well, right. duh, I don't know because what, you're, what are you trying <laughs> right. to fix, yeah. right? So that's kind of like where you start. Um, and, and you've got to be willing to experiment. Yeah. You know, the key to making this work is trying different things until you find something that works. And then once you find right. something that works, keep on using it. 
Yeah. Don't don't increase the dose. Just keep on doing whatever you found that works. More is never better in this. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing is um, it's these the majority of like ninety nine percent of them are non toxic and safe to use for most people. Mm-hmm. But what is your risk level? You know, um, are you how far are you willing to go to boost cognition? If you yeah. haven't got anything wrong with you and you just want to um, kind of like boost cognition so you can think better on your feet, what are you willing to do to get there? Uh-huh. Yeah. And how much risk are you willing to take? Now, yeah. honestly, there isn't a lot of risk in using these, but uh-huh. you've got to take an intelligent approach to it because a lot of these supplements are contraindicated with pharmaceuticals. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you're using an SSRI and you use L-tryptophan, you could die. Yeah. Or 5-HTP for, with from uh, serotonin syndrome. Uh-huh. You know, so you just have to take a very methodical, eyes wide open approach to doing this. Right. But be willing, be really willing to experiment. Right. And I think back to the back to the early part of the conversation is that you also need to be willing to look at your diet and nutrify your gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you kind of, isn't that, I know that's not part of the brain hacks, but you really have to be willing to like, I know a lot of people who think that they're going to go out and find the perfect nootropic stack. And then they go off and have a, I don't know, a big gulp. I'll just pick on that because it's an easy image. You know, something like that, or slam a Red Bull on the way to the gym. Yeah. No, if you, no. If, you're, if your okay. gut is messed up, this isn't going to work very well. Yeah, yeah. It all comes back to the gut. Yeah. <laughs> I, know it really does. I know it's about the brain, but it really, our gut needs to be functional. Yeah, that's where, stuff, in there. That's, that's yeah. where stuff starts. There's very few things that you can use sublingually. Yeah. That are effective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that such a truth? Um, I can't believe it. Uh, there may be four more shows coming up um, <laughs> that were, because <laughs> there's so many areas that we can dive into. I'm sorry. Yeah, I keep jumping really all is. over, but that's just, there's so many areas that this all applies. And I'm, a, as I say, I've had the, the fortune of hanging time, spending time with Steve folks. So I've been in the nootropic realm for quite some time, but yeah. I'm a huge fan I think it's a sleeper technology, and modafinil is not endotropic. Damn it! I'll say, um, <laughs> stop, think, stop saying that. It's so not. Um, where would you like people to find out more about you, your consulting, because you have consulting we didn't even talk about, and where yeah. would you like them to find your book? Uh, go to nootropicsexpert.com. And and the right sidebar, there's a link to my calendar if you're interested in a consultation. Uh, there's a link to Head First if you want to buy it. It's only 37 bucks, and it's almost 600 pages, man. On best manual on the planet that I know of to yep yep fix your brain. Yeah. Um, you, my YouTube channel um, has got a huge community uh, already. Just Go to YouTube and search for Nootropics Expert or for David Toman, one or the other, uh-huh. and I'll pop. Uh, it'll pop up. I've got I don't know 100, I think 120 videos up by now. Yeah. And I've got a freebie too, Secrets of the Optimized Brain. Just give me your email address. You subscribe to my newsletter, and you get a free. Um, it's almost 100 pages, and that's just a list of 92 of the most used nootropic supplements that people are using today. Mm-hmm. And I will also advocate for or inform people that going to nootropicsexpert.com, David has a lot of great writing, a lot of really great articles, whether it's the psychobiotics or, you know, the things that he uses or, you know, there's a lot of really wonderful information readily available. And once again, many kudos and lots of applause emojis for the way that you write. I can I know that I can send anybody here and they're not going to come back with like 23 questions of what's he saying? What's that mean? You know, yeah. it's very clearly spoken and nootropics is such a murky world of magic languaging and you really take it and put it in a way that I find completely approachable. In plain English, hopefully. A shocking idea. 
yeah. yeah. There, there's literally hundreds of pages on nootropics experts. So mm-hmm. if you can't, if you can't, can't find something, just use the search function in the top left above the top menu. Yeah. And you know, for OCD or for PTSD <laughs> yeah. or for depression or anxiety or ADHD or Alzheimer's or or whatever you're dealing with, just put it in that search field and click enter and you'll get a list of articles. Yeah. It's really it's a great resource. But I really if you're really interested in enhancing your mind, boy, head first. As I say, I'm not getting anything out of this. I just think it's a great source because it, it has a lot of information. You can just look up a thing. You can look up paracetam. You can look up, mm-hmm. you know, not modafinil because it's not in no. All right. No. <laughs> uh, David, this was great, and I know we're going to do more of this. Thank you yeah, so much. Was fun. Thank you. Thanks, All right, thank everybody. you for having me. Yeah, thank you. All right, everybody, have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.